0: I'm Listening to The Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: It's Mental Health Monday. We'll continue the conversation in Emotions in the Gospel in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: It is Mental Health Monday. We are digging into Emotions in the Gospel. Today, we take a look at Felt Compassion with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Felt compassion.
1: I'm really excited for this one.
0: When I hear the word felt, I think flannel graph, but that's not (laughs) where we're going, so... Okay. Some not passion.
2: fiber art today. Not Andy. fiber art. Okay. <laughs> I mean we can we can help you get there by utilizing <laughs> that sense of like something soft and you know, <laughs> you probably remember like someone teaching you, right, with the flannel graph. And there's a certain withness in that. We're gonna talk about that. So mm. there you go. I, I can work with anything, Andy. That was fantastic. That's, Thanks.
0: That's a good segue. We used yeah. to play
2: a game in college. I think you were involved, Andy, mm-hmm. occasionally, where someone would name something like, I mean, here's an easy one, Snow. And then we would go through anything related, connected and get it back to Jesus and God. It was a pretty fun game. I, oh, yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you were That involved. was
0: college in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I was not
2: in college <laughs> in the 90s. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it was Dorky wow, College was... in the 90s. Dorky Church <laughs> College in the 90s. It's a fun place.
0: <laughs> I think that... Never mind. I'm not going to follow that.
2: I <laughs> I'm stay That's of that all. Back to felt <laughs> compassion. Yes.
0: Felt compassion. So most of us probably likely have a, a picture in our mind of what compassion looks mm-hmm. like. What do we mean by felt compassion?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay, so compassion has a few different, I don't want to say, it's not different definitions, but like we experience it in different ways. Like there's a kind of cognitive compassion called perspective taking. There's a much more emotional compassion um, that is uh, associated with empathy. Felt compassion I chose because A... That's like the direct translation that we see in scripture so often. Instead of just the word compassion, there's a reason it says he felt compassion or they felt compassion. It's so interesting to me that these two words appeared together. It wasn't, um, it, you know, it, it wasn't on its own compassion. This is a little bit different. And so there's a couple differences in this kind of compassion that we see biblically, than that perspective-taking or or empathy kind of compassion where we feel a similar emotion or we have a connecting emotion to the person in front of us. And so I want to take it back to first the Latin root of the word compassion, with and to suffer, right? So C-O-M, com, is with. And that's really, in my opinion, one of the most impor- important points in the word. If you think about with passion right i'm I'm gonna feel it then it it really makes sense then that this is translated the felt compassion and of course the bible is not written in latin but that is you know kind of more direct that's why we use the vulgate and things like that more direct from off of the greek and he that that are the original languages of scripture and so felt compassion is just that it's felt so There's a feeling, a sense that we have. And then the second piece of felt compassion is in scripture, it moves to action. It makes us want to do something. It makes us want to connect deeper with that person. It reaches out. It's very, I love that the book ends with this one because it's so gospel-centered. God reaches out to us. He feels compassion for us again and again and again in scripture. And then we feel compassion because of God's compassion that fills us toward humankind around us. And we want to reach out. And so I think we'll talk more about that in some certain scripture passages today. But I think that felt compassion, the most important things is, again, that withness and the fact that it reaches out. It wants to do something.
1: When I was reading this, I, I wrote all over this chapter (laughs) empathy is kind of my jam too so like this one I I was like really resonating with with what you were saying in this chapter but I I wrote down like some phrases that we might say like when we're with people like I feel this in my bones like Mm -hmm. I feel for you (laughs) but that kind of language of of like reaching out Mm -hmm. to somebody
2: is that am am I tracking right there yeah absolutely well and I think the reality is is that it in our we kind of have just in the same way we have cheap grace, I think we have kind of cheap compassion in our culture where we're like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I feel for you and that's it, right? And it kind of falls on the floor. It, it hurts actually our sense of vulnerability because it makes us want to turtle in when that's the response. Instead, like you said, felt compassion is like, I feel it in my bones so much. This is a full body experience that I can't help but do something. Like that is essentially, I think, to the Holy Spirit, right? Alive and well in my soul and welling up and filling me so much that I I want to connect to you, even if it's painful. Even if this thing hurts and that's going to bring some hurt into my life, I want to connect to you. Also, that helps us understand some boundaries here. Like We're not going to be able to do that all the time. We're not going to be able to maintain that level of compassion with every single person in our life at all times in every story. Instead, paying attention to where that comes up um, through the Spirit of God, where God is calling us to then to engage in felt compassion. Like we said, emotions are informants and not leaders. And so letting that emotion inform us and move us okay. forward versus, you know, just following it blindly all the time when I, I have a nudge of compassion
1: so how is
2: compassion then different
1: from love or kindness mm-hmm. or comfort? So like some of those other really relational words that maybe want to make us connect with other people. What is that difference between felt compassion and, and those other types of emotions?
2: Yeah, I think that I, I do think so. Some of those are activity oriented, right? And some of them are more feeling oriented, whereas felt compassion is all of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such a full emotion. One of the differences too, I think, is the absolute scripturally component of grace and impartiality or impartial grace in felt compassion. You know, it says in felt compassion is in the Luke 15 prodigal God, prodigal son story. And it's the father's compassion was felt while the son was still a long way off. Like, man, I want to feel compassion for people who have it together and are close to me and think like me and act like me and maybe even look like me. But instead, felt compassion is when people are still a long way off. I, I You guys, it makes me want to cry how much we need this in our world, how much mm-hmm. we need the concept that while you're still a long way off, God feels compassion for you and fills me with that felt compassion so I can treat my neighbor like someone who matters, like who should be seen, who I can tell the story of God's greatness and kindness and all those words that you just said, but most importantly, his gospel grace through Jesus Christ for them in their life, because he they are still a long way off, and that's okay. His compassion hasn't changed in that.
0: In your book, Emotions in the Gospel, you identify some characteristics of felt compassion. Can we take a look at, well, let's just look at the first one. Let's unpack that one a little bit and then we'll have to take a short break. So let's take a look at the first one.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we did kind of cover the first one, that that idea that it's felt. <laughs> like it's, it's felt. Yeah. <laughs> you, you feel it. That's know. Yeah affections and emotions are also called feelings and i think some of them more than others right and and this this is one of those like the father in the prodigal son story prodigal god story not only has compassion like that could have been the word the wording in the greek and i don't think it's an accident that he feels compassion instead in that god invites us to connect to him because he feels compassion this is part of God's character is compassion. And so it. I think it's really cool that the Greek and Hebrew words are much more physical emotionally. And this in particular is one of them. Like Sarah said, there's this this body experience of it. And so whether it's gut-wrenching, I say in the book, or breath-stealing compassion, you know, when you hear of just an atrocity or something that you, you want the world to be a different place and you want to do something and take action toward it being different. Or if it's just a twinge of compassion, there is a feeling to it. And I think part of that, that tells us, again, the Holy Spirit's alive and well. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And also that... Our feelings don't have to lead us, but goodness gracious, do they have something to tell us?
0: They're informants.
2: That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, leaders.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. We'll continue the conversation. We'll take a look at more of the characteristics of felt compassion in emotions in the gospel right here on Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: welcome back to the coffee hour i'm andy bates
1: i'm sarah golseth
0: it is mental health monday with deaconess heidi gaiman we are taking a look at emotions in the gospel looking at the last forgotten emotion of the bible well there are many that are forgotten (laughs) but the last in the book for for this series felt compassion we're taking a look at some of the characteristics of felt compassion any other characteristics you'd like to to point out about felt compassion Heidi?
2: Sure, absolutely. Well, we talked about the impartial grace and I would, you know, also turn people, especially in Luke, the book of Luke. There's just the Gospels in general, if you want to discover more about felt compassion, read through them and look for this language. It is from what I could find the most common emotion that we directly have defined and hear about from jesus as man god which i think is really cool that tells me i want i want to know more about it i probably want to write an entire book on it right because it's all over the gospels it's so cool but one characteristic i would say that we could easily miss is dependency so we don't like that word especially in America. And, you know, I lived in Nebraska, so we, we love the bootstraps and stuff. And I don't want to be dependent on other people. I also, I love being an independent woman and I don't want to be dependent on people. The reality is, is that I am. And felt compassion makes me aware of that, but in a safe way, right? Because of the connectingness of felt compassion that I am actually in need when you feel compassion toward me and are moved to action, that I want to receive that. I'm in need and I want to receive that because the connection is worth it. The connection is more important. And so it does make us really aware of our dependency, though. And so in that way, I think as I'm saying this, you probably can imagine how much we don't want to receive felt compassion. Like we want to be the givers sometimes. And sometimes we're too tired because we are tired and we don't necessarily want to give compassion. But even more so, I think sometimes it's more challenging for us in 21st century, independent America to be the receivers of felt compassion. But it is good because it does remind us that God, in fact, we are dependent on him for everything. It reminds us of our very state and the vulnerability of that state, but in a beautiful way that feels connecting and safe to us through this other person.
1: I really like how this felt compassion has it's it's both like very simple of like we feel for someone and therefore we do something about it but then it's also just so complex there's all these different layers to it and it's 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 challenging on both sides but also there's just there's so much grace involved and reading through the the impartial grace thinking about the impartial grace part I feel feel like that's a really challenging one. We we like to judge people first and then have compassion on them if we feel like maybe they're worthy of it. Okay. But yeah, but it's it's not
2: that way, is it? No, I I guess the hardest part too. We can be very exclusive in the Christian church mm-hmm. too, right? Like we, it's it's hard enough for us to give compassion to the person sitting next to us in church or that we have had a lifelong relationship with in the body of Christ. But then if you talk about having compassion for people who don't believe what we believe, who don't know God, who in fact don't like God maybe even, how do we feel about that? Do we have compassion? Do we believe that God has compassion? I think that really makes us wrestle with, right, which is emotions and the gospel, reorienting ourselves around who God is in Jesus Christ and what we know him to be. And so I I do think you're right. Like That is a particular challenge, that impartiality, which the entire book of James is about impartiality and how that was happening in the early church. So it's not just our battle. This is the reality of what it is to walk in Jesus Christ is to struggle with these things. That means you're human. It's the struggling with it that I think is important and helps us grow and learn and all of that good stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of this is like we talk about the fruits of our faith and how that's you know reaching out to people and and doing doing these things that God calls us to do with other people. How does this how this felt compassion? How does it help us to share mm-hmm. Christ with other people? Mm-hmm.
2: So the fourth characteristic of felt compassion is warmth. And warmth is interesting to me. First of all, warmth is really important to me. It's one of my values for myself and my my website even and all that I write, that is HeidiGayman.com and such. Warmth is really lacking in many places in the world. So first that will stand out to people, right? It's different. But just like you said, it does open a lot of spaces instead of close them. It's really interesting to me when you think, I write in the book, we might feel, felt compassion in our chest and throat when someone acts compassionately toward us. Like you can feel it. If you think of a time someone was compassionate enough to do something with you or for you or offer words even that were were kindness and compassion, um, then you can you can feel it inside yourself and also the room. And I honestly, again, I would relate that back to the work of the Holy Spirit that he is alive and well, that the Spirit does its work. And so it's not even just up to me to bring that warmth. My job is to show up and be that vessel, right? And let the Spirit bring that warmth into situations. It helps us remember that God is not far off. And in a metaphysical way, again, I believe it brings God into the room, if you will, and opens up spiritual conversations in a really wild and wonderful ways.
0: Yeah, in this chapter you, you point out the the connection of warmth to biblical hospitality, mm. maybe being another way that we might describe that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that's true. For the withness, which is one of my mm-hmm. fun favorite made-up words, is really connected to this idea of felt compassion that we're with someone in something and hospitality is a witness if you will on the front end i'm not waiting for them to need it right yeah. i'm not waiting instead we're dependent on each other we're we're in this life together on the front end and so when i offer hospitality i'm bringing felt compassion for the moment when it's needed and it does build those those words we love like resilience and affection and kindness and it builds all those other things when it's available.
0: All right, what if I'm not particularly good at this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I do think first of all, again, reading those gospels, just do it. Like yeah. see the felt compassion of Jesus because it it doesn't have to be yours, right? Like I think that we especially uh, we are challenged by quote unquote negative emotions or these unpleasant emotions is what I would call them that but we are also challenged by emotions that we would normally think of as positive because we feel like there's something wrong with us. Like almost every time if we are not centering ourselves on, on God's gospel and his grace for us, then we easily get lost in I'm not doing it right or there's something off with me. And so Andy, I would say just center yourself on the gospels and see God's compassion. Um, Even in the Old Testament, which is, you know, kind of a rip-roaring narrative of God's wrath at times, we still see his compassion come through so clearly and felt compassion. And so it's pretty wild to read the Bible looking for these kind of things, not because we have an agenda, but because, like you said, it's one of the things we might struggle with. And so we need to see that aspect of God a little bit more clearly. Where else do we
1: find this in scripture? I know you you share a few stories, and we've talked about it a little bit already. But mm-hmm. there are some really, really interesting places in scripture that shows up.
2: Yeah. So we talk about Luke fifteen. We talk about Luke, which is the the parables. We also talk about Luke ten, which is the Samaritan. Is it the Samaritan woman at the well? I'm, I'm trying to think. I. I'm, I shouldn't use references, maybe. There's another, the story of the blind man, or the is it two blind men? Anytime Jesus is healing, <laughs> you see it a lot, right? <laughs> Anytime Jesus is offering grace to someone in particular, you see it show up. There's Matthew 20, verses 30 through 34, and that's the one I was talking about. The two, there's two people who were blind, and they're hollering at Jesus, right? And so... I mean, this just shows us like God lets us holler at him. God lets us yell out to him, help me. And he's moved with compassion. And we see that. And so that's another particular place. So any of those healings, the other part that, and this is goes back, it was a theme verse actually of our deaconess program, my last year at Concordia, Chicago. And so it's a very special verse to me, but I think Um, I love when Hebrew and Greek repeats. You know, it has that kind of repetitive poetic function, even in non-poetry at times. And that's one way it tells us this is important. This this really means something because it doesn't have punctuation. So 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can be a comfort. We can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort We ourselves receive from God for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. You know, that really speaks of that felt compassion that we've received and then we can give out. And again, I just want to speak to the boundaries again. Like you don't have to have felt compassion 24-7. And maybe that's helpful, Andy, right? Like that it's not, it, it doesn't always have to be your jam. It's not always your calling, but you are always receiving it. And so then there will be times when it can flow out of you onto other people. That comfort abounds. And I think that's a really powerful passage that just repeats comfort over and over and over again in a way that we can feel the compassion of God in our in our spirit, in our senses.
0: And felt compassion brings us to the close of The At least in this series, (laughs) we haven't exhausted all the uh, forgotten emotions of the Bible, but at least in in this series. And we have more to talk about about, regarding emotions on Mental Health Monday, so we're not going to wrap that up. But any concluding thoughts about emotions in the gospel and particularly the forgotten emotions of the Bible?
2: Yeah, I did include an emotion word list in the book. And I really encourage people to, you know, check it out, like build this granularity. And I think it's kind of unique to build the granularity around words that we find in God's word, not that they're more special words or anything like that. And we'll maybe we'll talk about that on an episode, the concept of emotion lists and wheels and things like that, since I did include one. But at the same time, it is really helpful to know and to hear them from God's manage point and knowing that God's specifically connected to these words for us. I think that's, again, comforting, but also I think, you know, there might be some insights in there that you didn't expect because we're not usually reading emotion in scripture. We're kind of bypassing the emotion in scripture to get to the other things that God tells us to do, if you will, when most of the time God wants us to know that we're seen. And that's part of the work of scripture that's really important that can be easily missed. Hmm.
0: Emotions in the Gospel check it out from Heidi Gaiman HeidiGaiman.com is a great way to learn more about Heidi's writing and certainly you can find this book at Concordia Publishing CPH.org, Amazon, all those other places you get books. Great resource for whether as an individual or as a group um, and if you've gone through all these emotions with us maybe you've earned a certificate too I'm just kidding, we don't really have a certificate or a badge Heidi, thanks so much no,
2: It would be fun, but we're not doing that Yes, we have too much going on for that
0: Oh. <laughs> Heidi, thanks so much. And we'll continue the conversation in emotions next week as well. Thanks so much for spending this time, especially working through this series with us. It's been fantastic.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Gulseth.